Well, good morning. Good to see you on this second Sunday of Lent. Lent calls each of us to renew our ongoing commitment to life in Jesus Christ. But that demands both repentance and faith, both a purging of what is distracting in our lives and the amplifying of what is meaningful and life-giving, what reflects obedience in Jesus Christ. Lent invites us to identify by the work of the Holy Spirit the areas of our life that have grown dull and dry, and perhaps by a life marked more by ritual than by relationship. Lent invites us to stop for a while to reflect again, to be honest. We're challenged to remember, reconnect, recommit, and reaffirm our faith and our relationship with Him. Lent is time given to think seriously about what Jesus did for us and who He is in us. It is a time when the heart says yes once more to the call of Jesus to come and to see. Come and follow me. It is the act of beginning our spiritual life again refreshed and reoriented. It is a time to look in our heart, stripped of its distractions, lusts, comforts, self-indulgences, constant physical fulfillments, and idols to say that I am aligning my life with Jesus' kingdom purposes. Lent enables us to face ourselves, to see the weak places, to touch the wounds in our own soul, and to determine to throw ourselves on His grace and let Him fill us and help us on our journey in following Him. However, let me give you a quick warning as I did on Ash Wednesday. As the great 11th century monk said, quote, Sorrow for sin is indeed necessary, but it should not involve endless self-preoccupation. You should dwell also on the glad remembrance of the loving kindness of God. End of quote. Lent is the period in which we learn to abstain from worshiping at the shrine of self and surrender again and worship at the feet of Jesus. We always think of giving up something for Lent. We give up something that takes so much of our focus and attention so that we can press more into our relationship with Christ and prepare ourselves for Easter. Some people give up meat, others give up sweets, alcohol, television, Facebook, computer games, and the list goes on and on. There was a group of people going around the room talking about what they gave up for Lent. Mark said that he was giving up drinking, and Lynn said that she was giving up chocolate. And Sally said, I'm just giving up. (laughs) Do you ever feel like just giving up? Just give up, run for your life, Herod's on the hunt, was the Pharisees' advice to Jesus in today's gospel text. Herod has you marked for death, get out of town quickly, give up your mission. So when Jesus hears this warning, he surprises those Pharisees by both uh, disregarding and embracing their message. Now let me explain what I mean. Jesus dismisses the threat of Herod with an interesting response. Jesus said that Herod is nothing but a sly fox, forever scheming but powerless against God's mission in the world. 
But Jesus also says that He will give up in verse 34. He will give Himself up. He will travel to Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. So Jesus will give up everything, His very life, in order to fulfill His mission of death and resurrection, bringing the kingdom of God, bringing new life. So today's gospel text, Jesus is journeying closer to Jerusalem, closer to his destination, and he knows closer to his death. Now, according to Luke chapter 9, Jesus is coming off a mountain experience that we call transfiguration, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Jesus quickly uh, felt that moment behind um, he, he left that moment behind, setting out on the road to Jerusalem. So Jesus refused to remain stuck in that heavenly place. He knew that he had a mission to fulfill. Now, there is nothing wrong with heavenly visions and mountaintop experiences and retreats and camps when the emotions are high and the encounters are powerful. As I was preparing for this message, I was thinking back my own life, my own journey, and I remember those mountaintop experiences very well. They were truly transformative. These are often turning points in our lives. However, we can't get stuck on the mountaintop experience and hunker down there forever. It was never God's intention for that to be the case. Unfortunately, many Christians do, trying to recreate that experience and live with those high emotions and those spiritual encounters. And when they don't happen like we once experienced, we have that temptation to try to manipulate and force things to happen, which is always disappointing, frustrating, and damaging for all involved. Just like Jesus, there is a mission to fulfill. We take the experience of Jesus Christ on the mountain with us into the valleys as we live out daily His mission and purposes, being loving, hospitable, and making disciples. So in the meantime, before Jesus gets to Jerusalem, in verse 32, he said, I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. In other words, I'm going to continue to be obedient to God by setting people free. Now let me put it as clearly as I can. Jesus will give up in order that we might get all. Have you ever wondered where the phrase, my hat's in the ring, comes from? Now, I've shared this with you before. But early in the 19th century, there were rules for fighting. Boxing certainly um, followed standards governing the beginnings and the endings of matches. Even though it was a dangerous, bloody sport, there were protocols that were to be followed. So long before boxing matches took place under the bright lights of a Las Vegas auditorium, it was a street event. And crowds cheered for their champion. They booed the bad guy. They argued. They screamed. They caused an uproar. And they made a lot of racket. So when one fight ended, the only way for the next potential fighter to get the attention of the winner was not verbal, but it was visual. And the next contender declared his intention to fight by tossing his hat in the fighting ring. Throwing your hat into the ring soon became a figure of speech as well as the actual um, act. Like Teddy Roosevelt is credited with the beginning of uh, first using this image in the political realm. 
1912, he declared, my hat's in the ring. In other words, he was entering into the presidential race. So along with this symbol for fighting, boxing also had a symbol for quitting. A match that started with a hat thrown into the ring might end with someone throwing in the towel. So when a fighter had been beaten to a pulp, that always sounds like fun, doesn't it? But still wasn't going down for the count. The fighter's coach or manager could literally throw in the towel, which is a sign of giving up. So like a white flag on a battlefield, the white towel thrown into the canvas signaled the fight that was over. There was a winner and there was a loser. Giving up is a dirty word in American culture. However, there is an appropriate time to give up as a Christian, especially during the 40 days of Lent. Actually, I would even go so far to say this is a daily experience as a life as a follower of Jesus Christ as we remember our baptismal vows. We can give up chocolate or movies or parties or alcohol or Facebook or texting. Nonetheless, I think that there's something much deeper going on here. Do we really give up control over our own lives? Give up self on our own throne. Give up pride and self-preoccupation. Probably most of us at some point have watched American Idol. How many of us get embarrassed by some of the performers? I know that sometimes I do, and I think, oh, oh. But they do that on purpose because they want to see us, you know, have those experiences. Some constants are hopelessly off-key. But then again, I can relate every Sunday when I chant. But... (laughs) They are without rhythm, Um, they're awkward, uh, and they're just plain awful. And and yet after being booed and booted by the judges, how many of those wannabe idols look into the camera and declare, now I'm going to leave out some of the beeps and bleeps, but it says, I'm not going to stop trying. This is just going to make me work harder. I will never give up. No one's going to stop me from reaching my dreams. These people don't need to give up on life. However, some of them do need to give up on a singing career. (laughs) At the appropriate times, we, we all need to give up. We need to learn how to throw in the towel and to move on. Now, I'd like to explain what I mean by that. There are no limits, but there are limitations. And part of growing up is learning those limitations so that we give up on the things that weigh us down. The sin that so easily entangles us and run the race to win, fulfilling God's desires and plans. Please listen to this. We do not give up on life. We do not give up on God. We do not give up on community. However, some things do need to die in our lives. Sometimes we do need to give up on a career that is sucking our soul Give up on a relationship that is debilitating and warped and demented and abusive. To give up on a grudge that is eating us up like cancer. To give up on an addictive escape that is unhealthy and damaging. Give up on porn, eating too much, abusing prescription medication, one too many drinks, finding our identity and what we do and and the opinions of other people on an extramarital affair that will only ultimately cause death and destruction regardless of our fleeting feelings and infatuation. And the list goes on and on. What is it that the Lord is asking all of us to give up? 
It is time that we do what is right in the eyes of King Jesus and according to the rules and ways and purposes of the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't give up to Herod's threats or the Pharisees' warnings, but Jesus did give up to God's plan to bring salvation for you and for me and for all the world. So I'm asking again, what will we give up this Lent? Will we throw in the towel of pride and idols? What would happen if this Lent, we, after throwing in the towel of control over our life, we throw our hat in the ring of faithfulness and obedience to Jesus Christ? And once we give up, throw in the towel, will we find the strength to throw our hat in the ring and give it up for a new challenge God's mission, loving Him, loving ourselves, and loving others. Being loving and hospitable and welcoming to our neighbors and our co-workers. What would happen this Lenten season if we gave up the command and control of our life, which is the very heart of fasting anyway, and trust That Christ who died on the old rugged cross and rose from the dead and is alive today. The God who was yesterday, is today, and will be tomorrow. Faithful and true. We all know how damaging fires can be. Fire is as terrifying to trapped animals as they are to people. When a farmyard catches fire, the animals try to escape. But if they can't, Some species have developed ways of protecting their young. The picture here is in verses 34 and 35 of our gospel reading in Luke 13 of a hen gathering her chicks under her wings to protect them. And there are stories of exactly this. After a farmyard fire, those cleaning up have found a dead hen scorched and blackened and with chicks alive, sheltering under her wings. She has quite literally given her life to save her chicks. It is a vivid and violent image of what Jesus declared He longed to do for Jerusalem and by implication for Israel and for all of us. But at the moment, all He could see was chicks gone wild, darting off in opposite directions, taking no notice of the smoke and the flames of danger approaching, nor of the urgent warnings of the one who alone could give them safety and protection. Our text this morning says, How often I've longed to gather your children, gather your children like a hen, her brood safe under her wings. But you have refused and you've turned away. Is that true of us this morning? Jesus is offering an urgent call to repent, to turn away from sin and to come and surrender to his kingship, his rule and his reign, his way, his way of peace and life. Jesus' intention in obedience to his calling is to go to Jerusalem and like the hen with the chickens, to take upon himself the sin of humanity, to be the one who will give himself on behalf of the many. So I say once again, Jesus will give up in order that we might get all. How 
He longs like a mother hen to shelter us as his little chicks. Are we darting off in the opposite direction? Are we oblivious to the smoke and flames around us? Or are we fully aware but hell-bent to do it our own way? Jesus longs to protect us, to be our salvation, to rescue, to redeem, to reconcile. He longs to be our shelter, rock, refuge, and strong tower. Listen to the psalmist. This can be our heart cry too. However, we have to let go of our desire to control our own life and fully surrender to him, placing ourselves under his wings. The psalmist provides us with a way to think about and pray through the various threats that we face in life. Our enemies today may not be the same as in the biblical times, but they are no less real. Consider the threats on the horizon. Some may be national, others may be more personal. Still, they come to surround and destroy us if they could only get a chance. The reality is this. There are times when our enemies appear to have the upper hand and our cause seems to be lost. But wait and listen with our psalm this morning. All is not lost because ultimately God is our light and God is our salvation. The darkness will lift and our Savior will come. He will settle all scores And we will live in the beauty of His presence. Because remember in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ that He is in the business of making all things new. And He's doing it now. I encourage us not to go our own way, darting this way and that, ignoring the smoke and the flames, the misery of life without God. I ask us not to allow our bellies and impulses and comforts to be our God. I plead with us not to allow our minds to be set on earthly things. May our citizenship and home and delight be in the King and His kingdom. As Paul said in our reading this morning in Philippians, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I'd like to read a portion of this text, but from a paraphrase. It says, stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get, to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But easy street is a dead-end street. And those who live there make their bellies their gods, belches are their praise, and all they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. My dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I do want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. You fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on, stra- stay on track. And stay steady in God. I invite us to throw in the towel and quit following other paths, choosing other goals, our own appetites of easy street, dead end street, and throw your hat in the ring 
and live as children of God's kingdom, never wavering in our faith, staying on track, steady in God. Lent is the time for the renewal of our baptismal covenant. Each reading today gives us a picture of our need. No children, no homeland, enemies around us, a hungry sly fox. And each presents us with an image of salvation, descendants, a home, citizenship, and the protective wings of Almighty God. Amen.